We have Kansas City coordinator and Missouri State rep Emily Weber on this week's Renew Guru. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Renew Missouri Executive Director James Owen, coming to you live on tape from our palatial studios in downtown Columbia. Joining us from her palatial studios in Kansas City, Missouri, is our new Kansas City coordinator. I think that's your title. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. <laughs> That's the title I've been telling everybody else. Oh, good. I hope that's what we put on your business card. <laughs> Emily Weber. Hey, Emily. Hey, how are you? I am great. I'm glad that we have you on here. You've been working here for about a month and a half, and uh, we have introduced you to our uh, supporters by email, but I realized that I should have had you on our podcast because you do have like one of these personalities that kind of, I think lends itself to uh, being broadcast. I think you've got a very like kind of gregarious personality and I wanted to like let people get a get a sample of that. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah, well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you are, yeah, so, okay. So you uh, are kind of, I mean, so like just to give everybody a little context in case you have forgotten, we are based out of Columbia. We, for a number of years, have had offices in St. Louis and Kansas City with a specific focus of uh, the fo the people in uh, those cities, not just working towards our statewide mission, but working on more specific projects in those areas. Um, we, we Last year, we uh, added a Southwest Missouri director and a Southeast, Southeast Missouri director. They're both gone now. <laughs> so we're <laughs> having to kind of replenish um, our, um, our talent. Um, Elisa Greenwald, uh, for a number of years, had been our Kansas City director slash council. She was full-time. So Emily, who is part-time, is just coordinator. So um, <laughs> I'm trying. You're trying, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> We'd love for you to be full-time, but you do have something else going on in your career. What is your oh, other job? Uh, my other job is I am the state rep for District 24, which is the midtown downtown area of KC. Wow. How did you get that job? <laughs> I ran for something. <laughs> yeah. So what did so how long how long have you been doing that? So I am in my second term, third year. Yep. Uh I'm up for re-election next year. So mm. um hopefully I get re-elected or maybe I'll be coming to you for a full-time position. We'll have to oh. see. <laughs> well, Herbert Hoover once said democracy is a very bad employer. Uh, <laughs> so as as someone I know, it is someone who's lost two jobs as a result of an election. <laughs> Uh, um, but you, you are, you are, you were elected in 2020 then. I was, yes. Which was, seems like a lousy time to have run for office, <laughs> if, if I'm being candid. Um, how was that experience for you running that during a pandemic? was unusual because I ran elections before, ran, yeah. ran campaigns before. And the whole point of a campaign is door knocking, front face with people. And during a pandemic, um, you are all virtual and it's nonstop phone calling. So it's yeah. a little different. Um, I had the privilege of running early. So I did get to do some door knocking okay. and then we had to roughly, and I did have a few fundraisers in person. Mm -hmm. um, pandemic happened and we had to roughly stop and uh, switch to virtual. Um, yeah. 
I had a really great team with me. So we were able to flip that as quickly as possible. Um, we did a whole bunch of successful virtual events. We had fun with it. Um, a few of my friends had a, a wine with Emily uh, fundraiser where you could drink wine or you could whine about your life and what's going on right now. Oh, and, or both. And, <laughs> or both. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was, it was a difficult time for a lot of us. Um, so usually when yeah. I did the phone banking to tell people that I was running for office, um, you know, I, I always started off with, tell me what's going on with you and, and, and what's happening. Mm, um, right. what are you, what are you afraid of right now? Or what are you dealing with? And, um, we got a lot of really, you know, honest answers, um, where they would talk to me about unemployment or needing, you know, work or, or having healthcare issues and things like that. So it was, it was really eye opening for a lot of people to just have conversations about what's happening because we were in a pandemic. You know, I, you know, as someone who is, I have worked on some campaigns too. I've run for office. I've, I've always, I've never done it under those circumstances, but you know, I found the walking door to door was a great way to meet people. That was my favorite part of that. Um, mm -hmm. I never liked making phone calls because it seemed to annoy people. And uh -huh. <laughs> I have to think, and because you run several, right, you've worked on several races. I mean, did you find people were more receptive to talking on the phone during a pandemic? During a pandemic, they're more perceptive. Yes, 100%. <laughs> they they wanted yeah. to talk to people. So yeah. so it actually wasn't as bad. I mean, it, it kind of, I I was locked for eight hours a day in a in my office at my home. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I just pace around looking at the four walls. Uh, so it's not <laughs> for me, but um, it, it was great talking to to people. And I think they, they were more open during the pandemic to have uh, conversations with some stranger who's just literally cold calling them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, well, they're home. Yep. They might not have a lot of interaction. Um, yep. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, because I mean, and just, you know, because we don't, I've not really talked about this much, but, you know, running a nonprofit where our main goal was like, we were in front of the Public Service Commission, we were, we, we lobbied in the legislature. Um, when all that shut down, <laughs> you know, we were kind of wondering, what were we going to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we couldn't have in-person events. We could not... Um, I, I like to go around the state and meeting people and I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and we ended up having to do a lot of virtual stuff ourselves. Um, I know the legislature still met. They came back and this is before you were elected. Yes, they did. <laughs> but they came back like nothing happened. <laughs> some of them, some well, of them. Well, when I was elected as well, you know, we were still in the midst of a pandemic and a lot of them, um, Still did not believe that the pandemic was real or COVID. Yeah. So, so that was always fun. Yeah, I, it was hard to, it was hard. I just say this. I always am trying to run a safe office space, safe environment for my people. I would go, when I went somewhere, I would wear a mask. Because we had to go down there. We would have mm -hmm. hearings, hearings that had significant impacts on um, renewable energy issues in the state. So we had to go. We didn't really have any choice. They wouldn't let you testify virtually. Exactly. Even Unless though you could. Even though you could. Rudy <laughs> Giuliani got to. He got to. He got to. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. And so you go in and you literally walk in with a mask and they looked at you like you were from another planet. Yeah. 
it and it was I tough. Just, it was rough. I I'm weak-willed. I sometimes was like, I'm just going to take this mask off. I, mean, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, I find all of that to be very unfortunate that we had this incredible crisis and we decided that some of us were just going to act like it didn't have any impact on people. Um, 100%, even though their constituents were reaching out to them, telling them the issues that they were having with yeah. the pandemic, especially with health issues. But yeah. Well, and I'll tell you another thing that we started getting more involved with, which was which was not really a big evolution for us because we had been doing low-income energy efficiency mm -hmm. advocacy, largely uh, led by Angel and Ayers out of our St. Louis office. We started working on, you know, the utilities came in wanting a break because they were like kind of getting slammed um, with COVID costs. They wanted to be able to like kind of be able, they, they wanted to have special accounting uh, treatment as a result of some of the losses they're facing. Which I get it. I mean, there was a there was a there was an incredible shift in um, how uh, utility consumption was was handled during the COVID, uh, during COVID. Less office space, less uh, you know factories running, and more people at home. It was a shift. Um, it was a loss. Um, but then we used that, and we worked with a lot of other like consumer advocate groups to try to get some relief for their customers. Novel approach. <laughs> no. And we got some we got some relief uh, for people who were having trouble with their bills, not as much as we had hoped to get. Um, but still, uh, the commission was good uh, and we spent a lot of time working on that. Um, I don't know if anybody mentioned to you anything about utility bills while the while you were talking to them while you were running. <laughs> I, I got a lot. I got a lot. Of, that was on the list as well. Utility yeah. costs were on the list. I mean, people are at home. Uh, yeah. You're at home. Yeah. The entire time. So yeah, your yeah. utility uh, costs went up and they saw it. Yeah, that's right. It did have, I mean, it did have an impact in there. Yeah. So, and you know, and then some people weren't working and mm -hmm. they were uh, not able to pay that. You've had arrearages go up. Um, uh, you know, there was, we, we were able to, you know, kind of stave off some disconnections. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately we're just, I mean, ultimately we were trying to make sure the bills got paid by not just socking people all at once and being able to have a little bit of relief over a long period of time. Exactly. Um, so we worked on that quite a bit. And uh, I think that ended up being pretty good. Uh, I think, um, I think we had some concerns that there was going to be a, a large scale uh, disconnection and a rearage crisis, which I think was largely averted because of some of those efforts we took. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I we, we haven't, I don't really think we have talked much about that, but that, uh, <laughs> Since we're talking, since we're we're um, since we're reminiscing about COVID, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that just made me think of it. Um, not, and I'm not trying to make light of COVID, folks. I'm just, um, I I remember being very scared and very panicked. I had a three year old that was out of school during that period, and I was trying to do this job full time. And let me tell you, that wasn't. I don't have much reminiscence about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I we're gonna reminisce on on COVID real quick. It's um, thank God that I I remember it was a thank God I have extra toilet paper because we just went to Costco like a week before, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I did have toilet paper. Uh, but then uh, we didn't have hand sanitizer, and you couldn't find it anywhere. So oh yeah, I mean we found a very small travel size. A bottle that was tucked away in a cabinet somewhere. Uh, uh, God knows how long that was sitting there too. So 
So that's what we had for the longest time until we could actually buy some. And then, um, you know, going to the grocery store that first time, that was, that was, um, that was scary. Yeah. That was was terrified. Yeah. I I remember like after like everything started shutting down, having to go to court and uh, hadn't quite shut down court yet. And there are people sitting coughing and I was like, do they have it? Is that, (laughs) is this going to kill me? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, but I, I kind of, uh, all of that subject for a moment, uh, you <laughs> were, I mean, you're in a district, let, let's face it is, is you're, you're probably when you got your primary one, you didn't really have a lot, uh, you didn't really have a lot of competition after that. Is that safe to say? Yeah, that's a hundred percent safe to say. This is a very blue urban district. Um, yeah. so I think my, my dim percentage is, um, one of the highest, I think it's up there in the nineties, uh, maybe high 80s um so it is a it is a very good blue district um Mm -hmm. so that was that's one of the things that's uh great about my district uh yes of course i'm i'm not really going to have a general election um so that gives me the opportunity to go out on the outsides of um you know of my district and start helping other districts that are like a 50 50 or more red Mm -hmm. and and try to help those and you've not always lived in kansas city is that right uh, correct. I used. I grew up in um, rural Kansas, and uh, my dad owned Weber Surge Dairy Equipment. So I used to joke. Oh, that did you? I he was, ran. He ran. Wait, I don't know if I knew this. He ran a dairy equipment. So because we, I was yeah. a dairy. My folks were dairy farmers. Yeah. So so he he owned a uh, Weber Surge Dairy Equipment. So they wow. did. Yeah. Uh, so I used to joke that I was the only state rep, probably the only urban state rep that could milk a cow by hand. Uh, but <laughs> I don't even know if I ever did that. Uh, <laughs> you did have to, him. you did have to, if they ever had like uh fever, like they had yep. like milk fever, you would have to do that because they were like down on their back and they, their yep. udder was about ready to burst. And yep. I, I had to help with that on occasion, but largely we use those pumps that we bought from use the pumps, <laughs> very, very equipment places like your dad's. We had uh, we showed cows too at 4 H, so usually at 4 H, oh. we would uh, hand milk them. Did you, uh, I think we, we've certainly talked about this. What kind of cattle did you have? They, uh, they mainly Guernseys. Guernseys. Okay. Yeah. We had Holsteins. We had a few Holsteins as well. It was mainly Guernseys. Yeah. At any given point, especially when I was there helping, (laughs) when I left the high, the the most reliable hire hand, uh, left with me. Um, since that was me, uh, we had about <laughs> we had 135 head. We were milking twice a day. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I gotta tell you, it took a couple hours to get that done. Um, if you're doing the math, I mean, you talk about seven, eight minutes a piece, and you yep. got you got ten in a stanchion, um, in your milk parlor. That's what we were doing. Yep. Wow, listen to but, us. Everyone thinks we're just a <laughs> truth, but like we uh we have all this background. Okay, so you're from you're from rural Kansas. Your dad ran a, ran that outfit. Um yep. well, I mean, where was that in rural Kansas? Hallwich, Kansas. Yeah, so where about... is, where, <laughs> that's Wichita, right? Yeah, it's close to Wichita, like yeah. the west side, west side of Wichita. Side. Uh close to uh Maze, Kansas, Goddard uh places like that places i have heard of yeah okay yeah places you have heard of you might have driven through college maybe um it's a very small town back then when i was there we we did have two bars 
So that was that was the big thing. <laughs> we had the keg in that that one place. Um, was like, we had no bars where we, <laughs> we definitely every, had bars. <laughs> the Baptists all drank in their basement with the shades down. That's like uh, well, there you go. <laughs> nope, we're dominantly Catholic, so we are oh, open drinkers. <laughs> you all like to drink, yeah. You all encourage it, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, very small town. Uh, grew up there my entire life. Uh, lots of fun uh, as a lots of fun as a kid. Uh, yeah. Dominantly, the entire neighborhood was you know about the same age, so oh, always played outside uh, during the I summer. I lived out in the country. I had no kids my age. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was. A, I mean, oh, this is. This is like. You're. I know you're not. This, I was really lonely as a kid. Oh, well, I, mean, you had I, was, cows. I had the cat. I had the animals. You had the cows. And I loved going to school because that's where my friends were. <laughs> and I think that's what probably helped me become, you know, engendered to to, to school. Um, and that's why I, I went so long. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why you love movies too oh oh listen 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 I yeah mean, this is something i i don't talk about i mean because i don't talk about movies much on here because i but, you know i think a lot of people have figured out i'm like a movie guy but when i was a kid i, I we never went on vacation we never went anywhere because you never get a because break. you're a dairy you, well you're a dairy farm yeah that was like a lifestyle i wasn't a job and I mean, <laughs> the only place i felt like i really got to escape that was in a movie theater I was yep. watching movies and I got kind of hooked on that. And I kind of like, it's kind of where I go and like recalibrate myself. Cause I am kind of someone who goes at everything really hard and fast. I don't have a lot of downtime in my life, um, except when I'm watching a movie and I have to focus on something and I have to be quiet. There you go. And uh, yeah. Way, way to go. Way to, way to get that. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> Uh, when I moved to uh, Kansas City, uh, Kansas City to attend Kansas City Art Institute, I actually worked at the Blockbuster in Westport. Oh, that Blockbuster! <laughs> yeah, I when I'd come in from Lawrence because that's where I went to law school, I would go to the Tivoli. Yep, and that was near there. And so sometimes if there wasn't a movie available in Lawrence, which there usually was, because they actually yep. had a really neat independent video store in Liberty Hall, um, which is still open, by the way, the Liberty oh, Hall wow. video store is still open. Yeah. Um, kind of amazing but if they didn't if they had something there i'd usually rent it and drive back to kansas city like <laughs> so i wonder because i i realized we're not much of an age difference i wonder if like we were there around the same time who knows if i was no. i was probably rude to you <laughs> <laughs> it was westport so we kind of got to do whatever we wanted oh i bet <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah okay so you left the uh you left rural kansas is that like to go to the to the to art school yeah, right yeah so i i did graduate from butler community college um okay. with a education marketing and then after that i i figured out kind of what i wanted to do uh so i've always been into art um fine arts but i also knew i needed to make some money uh so <laughs> i decided to do go to kansas city arts too uh and get a degree within graphic design um i graduated at the fine time when the market tanked and there was no jobs for graphic oh. designers or artists. So yeah. uh, that was, that was a rough patch, but um, market started going up and, and uh, mm -hmm. jobs were coming back and people were understanding why they need graphic designers and marketing and communications. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, so those were separate schoolings that you did. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah, okay. Butler Community uh, Butler Community College was in El Dorado, Kansas. Um, yeah. So so yeah. I I went there for for a bit trying to figure out kind of what I wanted to do because uh, I had no idea and uh, I, politics wasn't even a thought. So that oh, was really. Even- that wasn't even something I was oh. thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I did a, I did, I was in the public policy clinic at KU Law School, and my focus was on the number of community colleges in Kansas. Oh wow! Okay, there are a lot of them. There are a lot. Elder, uh, uh, Butler's really, it was a really great uh, community college. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like, there were really good community colleges. There are really good community colleges in Kansas, but like, there are counties like. Um, Oh, is it Montgomery County? I think it was Independence and uh, Coffeeville has two community colleges in one county. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. There, there was a belief by some, and that was what I was anal- analyzing, was that there should be some, I mean, this is always like a big debate in Kansas. I think this is becoming a debate in Missouri about consolidation of mm. educational institutions, which uh, is pretty much a death knell to uh, the communities where those are based. Um oh. And I was just kind of looking at, you know, like what it would take to continue those at the, uh, at the, at the, at the, at the size it was, that system at the size it was. So that's what I was doing. So fun fact. <laughs> I don't know if that was fun or not. Um, but okay. So you went, okay. Okay. So then you make it to Kansas city, you are, you are doing graphic design work. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you get hired after the. <laughs> I did a lot of random odd jobs. I bet. <laughs> I was trying to find a job in Kansas City during that period of time because my girlfriend, now wife, was living there, and I, I think I got two interviews over three years. Oh, I was, I was, uh, I was scrapping it away. I think I, I yeah. did a little bit for Mattel, uh, stocking huh? targets. Uh, oh wow! Dolls. <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh yeah, yeah. I, I try to I try to figure that one out very quickly because I was not moving back to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like that's the thing. Like, I think you know, like we're both from rural communities. I mean, you know, I worked. You know, I I was a lawyer in Springfield, but we also had an office in my, the the town where I went to school, and I was there for seven years, but. Outside of writing wills for people, there was nothing that I could do there for a living. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I was a judge for like a year. (laughs) And that was a great job. Um, I got paid as much as a judge in Jackson County got paid. (laughs) Um, I was like, I was living large. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, there's just... It, it is so tragic to me that we have literally just let uh, a certain amount of businesses and political interests just ruin yeah. rural America, which is yeah. what we've done. <laughs> 100%. And, and that could be a whole podcast of itself. Uh, that would be an interesting one. I know that they're all worried that solar is going to do it, but I hate to break it to you. It's already largely been done and it's largely been done by a lot of corporate interests that you've let literally ruin any independent farming operations that existed in the state. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, solar is not the one that's ruining the family farms and taking those away. I mean, that was taken away a long time ago from a lot of other interests. As well. If anything, it is a lifeline at this point for some of those family farms. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what do I know? What do I know? Other than the fact my family owns one still. Uh, (laughs) But, but, uh, so you said you weren't interested in politics, but something Mm. happened. Something happened. What Uh, (laughs) What caused you to be interested in politics? (laughs) So, 
So the biggest thing was, um, I, I think I was losing interest in, in graphic design and art. Um, just, it wasn't, it wasn't my passion anymore. Um, right. so I started, yeah, I was, I'm not gonna lie. I'll say this. I was kind of getting annoyed, um, having, uh, corporations earn a lot of money from me, but not pay me what mm -hmm. I need to be paid. Um, and yeah. so that was one of the issues. So I started kind of figuring out what I was interested in. And I started doing a lot of volunteering and I would volunteer for organizations that, that kind of, um, were my interest. And that was anything from, I used to joke, it was anything from animal rescue to reproductive healthcare to climate change <laughs> to, yeah. you know, it's a little bit of everything. And I, I just kind of jumped in. And then of course, 2016 happened. Um, mm -hmm. So when 2016 happened, that was my slap in the face of, you know, voting's just not enough anymore. Now I really got to dig deep and what can I do? So I started joining a lot of different boards um, that were women-led uh, to, to try to get more women organized to either uh, campaign or run for office or things like that. And uh, started joining those boards and helping out. And then I started hopping on different uh, campaigns for candidates on the mm -hmm. Kansas and Missouri state right. that, you know, it was something that I had never done. I had never door knocked. I'd never phone banked. I, I didn't do any of that. Didn't try to engage with other voters and tell them right. who they should vote for and why. Um, and so it piqued my interest. And I started doing that. Realized I love talking to people about the issues that they have in their lives and, um, you know, trying to, to get them to understand why they need to vote, vote a certain way. So I yeah. worked on um, Sharice David's campaign first. Congresswoman uh, from the Kansas third. Yeah. First Native American woman to be uh, elected into Congress. Also. Uh, MMA was... fighter or two, wasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you ever get bored, Google search some of those photos because those photos are absolutely amazing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now only can she kick ass in Congress, but she could also probably kick your ass. Uh, <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. Uh, but I, her campaign was absolutely amazing. It was, is very positive. Um, it was a lot of different, it was the most diverse campaign that I have ever seen. And, and I continue to ever see, um, right. ever. Yeah. And then I, I did an anti cobot campaign, which was interesting. Chris Kobach, that, current attorney general <laughs> for the state of Kansas, right? Right. So this was his governor, uh, governor race. So it was oh, yeah. Yeah, it was an anti-Kobach yeah, anti campaign. And uh, that was talking to Republicans on why they shouldn't vote for a Republican. And right. that was a very interesting conversations because a lot of people, I, a lot of people hated Kilbach. So um that was that was interesting. Well, I remember when he first ran for Congress, he ran against Dennis Moore back in the early 2000s. And I remember thinking like, gosh, who is this guy? Like he was just, he had this bluster that I think kind of, I don't know if it predated like when that was more tolerable, because I think there's always been a lot of people like that in politics. Um, but, you know, he it was very like, I mean, Johnson County until recently has been pretty Republican, but they've been mm -hmm. really like in my opinion really moderate really civil uh -huh. he didn't um i don't think he really fit that mold i think he was more like of a populist i guess if you could call him anything i, I yeah. don't even think chris kobach is much of a populist but um in reality but uh 
Yeah, gosh, he's always been bad. <laughs> he's always been bad. I, I mean, yeah, Johnson County was always it was always red. Um, yeah. and, they, and they were moderates. Sure. I think um, I think what finally hit everything was, uh, you know, talking to some of the Johnson County people, they hit rock bottom. They're like, mm-hmm. we hit rock bottom. Our schools are done. Um, yeah. You know, people, it, it, people on the Missouri side, it used to be the ongoing joke, you know, on Kansas City. Uh, our schools were not the best at one point and people were moving oh. to Kansas. And yeah. and they're like, that's yeah. not happening anymore. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because people are just now having to bite the bullet and take their kids to private school because, I mean, during the 2010s, when, you know, you had a change in leadership in the Kansas governor's office, they literally just decimated that tax base. Yeah. And I mean, that was the reason to live in Johnson County. Roads were good. Yeah. Schools were good. Yeah. And then at one point, I mean, all failed and they realized it. They're like, yeah, we hit a rock bottom and and we're pulling ourselves out now. And they did a great yeah. job. <laughs> they have. I have. Uh, they have. Yeah. I mean, but it is it is really like in the evolution. I, I was involved with Kansas politics myself when I was uh, over there. And it was it is. I mean, because like when I lived in Douglas County, Kansas, which is where Lawrence, Kansas is. And it was mm-hmm. in the, it's, it's usually always been in the same congressional district as um, Johnson County and Wyandotte County. Not anymore. Right. right. Uh, but um you know, it was interesting to watch. It's been interesting to watch that dynamic in Johnson County change and change so radically as it did in 2018. 100%. Like, yeah. On a dime. Yeah. I and mean, it wasn't on a dime, but it, it looked that way from the outside. Exactly. Exactly. But they, they knew how to organize. It was boots on ground. You had some amazing candidates that were um, positive and had a lot of energy. Um, and I, I think with everybody wrapped around that you saw a shift um yeah, you know i mean did. i was out there door knocking every day for Charisse, and then they were really so oh yeah <laughs> was, wow. yeah it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, i mean listen and you want to get i mean like i've never walked anything like a congressional district i mean i've walked state rep districts twice um but you know it it is it that is that takes i mean you've got to do it every day you got to do it every day. And we had a really great, uh, great group. I mean, that's how I, I, I found a lot of my uh, Kansas folks. Mm. Uh, a lot of them are now elected officials. Uh, USA Today did a interview or an article um, back when I first ran. Uh, it, they had a whole bunch of uh, Sharice Davids volunteers who were then were now elected officials. But yeah. uh, back then we were running and it was uh, a huge story about how you know, they, they've never seen so many volunteers from one one candidate wow. uh, run for office. And and a lot of us won. So it was it was really great experience that I had with um, that can that campaign. It's an amazing story. That's an amazing story. But that is what ultimately inspired you to run yourself. Kind of. Not really. Um, so <laughs> I still didn't ever think about running for office. I then realized that my state rep was getting turned out, Judy Morgan. Yeah. And I, I knew I'm like, okay, some who's gonna replace her? I, I want to make sure that we have a progressive woman in place or somebody in place that's going to be great. Who is it? Come to find out, nobody was stepping up. <laughs> and um, that's when my community really? started. Yeah, nobody was stepping up at the time. Um, huh. my community started urging me on telling me that now it's your turn. You step up. You run for office, uh, which was still something that I never thought about. 
So I had the imposter syndrome. I'm like, I'm a graphic designer. I <laughs> I have communications and marketing. I didn't yeah. I didn't intern here. I didn't go to school. I'm not an attorney, you know, all these things. <laughs> and then I started to think about it. I'm like, you know, I've I've been paycheck to paycheck. I've been paid less than a man for the same job. I've yeah. I've um been without health care. Um, I used Planned Parenthood for just my basic needs because yeah. I didn't have health care. Right. Um, and then on top of that, I'm a minority woman in the state of Missouri. I was like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> and then come yeah. to find out, of course, my background, uh, you know, growing up in rural Kansas, yeah. um, growing up uh, and then and then representing a very urban blue district. Uh, a lot of that came to play. I yeah told my minority leader when I first got elected that I wanted the agriculture committee. And the reasons why was because I know there's an urban rural divide and I feel like I can help in certain ways on having better conversations because I grew up in rural and I understand. And we have a lot of differences, but we have a lot of similarities and, and there's just maybe a little tweak in how we get to some of the things that we need to get to. Yeah, I have found uh, mm-hmm. that if there hadn't been an, such an effort to try to divide uh, people in the state, in this country, between rural and urban, they would find that there is a lot of similarities in the problems you're facing. Schools, crime, drugs, health care. Um, yeah, accessibility I mean, to just basic things. Just, yeah. And uh, like to me, I don't, I mean, I understand that the, the approaches are going to be a little different. But in the end, it's the same challenge. It's the same problem to be solved. And um, but man, it's made a lot of people a lot of money to like exacerbate differences. It has. It has. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you think it's anything other than just people making money off of that, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, because I think you're being duped a bit. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean that's that's me talking, not say Weber. <laughs> I'm done with politics, so I'm not interested in, in that anymore. Um, so uh, you know, but yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great. I think that's a man. You've got a really great background, and you know, to me, when you talk about like you know the imposter syndrome, you were you're you're kind of having to uh, deal with. I mean, like to me, you are a communicator. You are someone who knows how to get a message across, which is a big part of politics, which is a big part of policy. It's a big part of what we do at Renew Missouri is we've got to figure out a way to make this very, sometimes very dull, dry subject accessible to folks. And I don't, I'm not saying we're successful at, but I think we are, I I think we are, I think by having people like you working here, I think we are making a good effort to change that. Um, So, And I will have to say with Renew Missouri, uh, reading some of the 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 information, especially on the website yeah. or the newsletters, it's it's done in a great way. Where it, I mean, because it's renewable energy, you can get bored very easily <laughs> over the yes. technical stuff that's going on. Yes, uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like Renew Missouri has made it into it has a sense of humor. Mm you get the information across in a way where people can understand it, um, mm-hmm. but you're not dumbing it down in any way. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is a way where people understand it, but also can laugh, mm-hmm. which makes it makes it a little bit more 
I don't know, easy to digest, I guess. Some laugh. <laughs> Some. Not all. Uh, no, it, it, listen, it is hard. I mean, like, you know, and I fancy myself a bit of a writer. Um, and I, I try to do my best to communicate to people through that medium because I can't draw worth a, worth a, worth a lick, <laughs> but I do, I do have, I do have like, I think, uh, you know, it is a hobby of mine and it's something I like to do. And so I've tried to translate that to this, but, uh, it does, I mean, if you do it right, you can, you can kind of, uh, capture some people's imaginations about this that might otherwise not be open to it. So, um, I hope that's I hope that's the case. Um, <laughs> you think so? That actually means a lot coming from you because I know this is kind of something you're very good at as well. Um, now you're in Kansas City for us. Uh, you're still kind of getting, a, you know, kind of meeting folks and kind of getting in, you know, involved. I mean, but you've known a lot of these people already that you're working with. Oh yeah, uh, you know when I sat down with Alyssa and we were talking uh, over you know, who she's connected with and things like that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm already, I already have a relationship with that person. And so now it's just, you know, scheduling another meeting with this person and telling them, Hey, I have a different hat I'm going to wear today. Um, (laughs) And and I've started a part-time job with the Renew Missouri and love to talk to you about uh, things going on in Kansas city and just, you know, let's, let's chat. And I, I hope that if uh, you are listening from Kansas City, who you're like, oh, I'd like to talk to Emily or talk to anybody here, that we do have, we do remain to have a presence there. I am committed to having a presence in Kansas City, as well as being committed to having a presence in every part of the state. That is my goal I, over the next couple of years is to have someone in every corner of the state, as well as all the cities, and as well as like someone in the rural middle part of the state. That's my, that's my objective. And um I want to make sure that we're we're getting the message across, and that is not easy. But I am. But Kansas City is very important to me because I, I lived near there for for a little bit, and um, I just have a lot of friends there, and I think there's a lot of potential there. And I'm just trying to realize that potential through uh, some very talented people who have been doing work. You're 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 one of. I mean, you're their third person there, and I think we just keep uh, we we keep showing that we can have we have dynamic talent doing that work and i feel like with kansas city too we are making uh you know we're we're making headway with renewable energy um we could be a little bit stronger uh but that's that's for us to continue to push and have further conversations with our elected officials here in casey yeah yeah like i mean you know we are critical of evergy believe me we're critical of them they have done a lot as far as with wind energy they're going to be doing a lot with solar uh, they have done a lot with energy efficiency. We look forward to that improving and continuing. Mm-hmm. They are they have filed some things that we don't like that we have been critical of, but uh, I think they are they are moving. They have been moving in a good direction. We want to make sure that continues. Uh, the mayor's office. Uh, we have a very young, uh, very um, very socially conscious mayor there who I think um, has a lot of issues to tackle there, and I think that this can be part of a solution to a number of those affordable housing being one of them urban development being another um job force development is another uh and uh, you know we also have a lot of really committed uh supporters there uh there's other groups there that we work with especially with housing advocates which i think is really critical to the work we're doing um so I mean, yes, 100%. When we talk about affordable housing, I mean, um, it, it goes hand in hand with utility costs. Um, yes. I mean, we, we have a lot of 
you know, the pandemic opened up a lot of um, eyes that weren't seeing some of the cracks mm. that were happening. Yeah. And a lot of them were, you know, uh, so many people are just literally a paycheck away from losing everything. Yes. And that could be from healthcare or utility costs. I mean, this this past summer hasn't been fun. Uh, oh, no, no, it has not. <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to the winter. So, um, no, you know, and I, I've been hearing from a lot of constituents and I've, I've been hearing from other state reps, too, from their constituents on on the costs of the utility bills right now are sky high. And yeah. some of them just can't keep up and it's it's becoming an issue. And so, you know, um, working on state issues as an elect, as the state rep, um, you know, we always know that that's going to be um, somewhat hard, especially during election year. Uh, but um, but with our min, 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 oh my god, with our municipalities here in KC, especially, we can start working on um, rental energy disclosures and things like that. Yeah. And trying to get yes. really an eye-opening to give the renter an option or understanding their options yes. when they when they're looking at uh, places to to rent or to lease. That's right. That's and, right. And having more of a you know okay, so this this apartment costs this much with rent, but the utilities are sky high during the winter and summer months. Uh, but this other place is maybe a little bit more higher on rent, but the utility costs are completely down where I can afford it. Yeah. And I can I can make this uh, a few slight changes to, you know, maybe afford the higher rent. Um, so giving giving people options yeah. is going to have to be something that when we talk about low income housing and affordable housing, that's going to have to be mm-hmm. part of the conversation as well. And I think it's also going to have to be done at the municipal level as much work as you're doing in the legislature. It is very gridlocked. And when (laughs) utility legislation does pass, it tends to, by a majority party that says that they care about utility costs, Those that legislation they pass almost always without fail, it makes it easier to raise rates on people. And the people who are sitting around on Facebook talking about how they are concerned about customers and how they don't like some of the decisions the Public Service Commission have made have literally been voting for those bills for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that I'm going to mention any names. They <laughs> don't need to because you could look at other stuff I've said. But we do appreciate all of your work, Emily. And I'm I'm very I, I can speak for everyone that has met you that we work with that everyone here we're thrilled to have you on board the Renew crew so yeah I am too this is uh you know when I was looking for for a part-time position this I I, I told you um I wanted yeah. to make sure it was something that I was passionate about too I just didn't want this to be you know a, a job I wanted something that I'm I'm working towards and and making sure that we have um you know that we have a future is a, is a big one, not only yeah. for me, but for, for the kiddos, uh, because they're going to be the future. And hopefully we have a planet that they can, they can live on. One can only hope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think about that all the time. Like I'm thinking like every day I get up, I'm like, am I doing enough? Is this enough? And, you know, there's a lot of people doing that. And I think that's the good thing about it. There's a lot of talented people working on this and we're happy to be a part of that solution. So, um, Yeah. We'll get it done. 
<laughs> Somehow or another. <laughs> Just keep on pushing forward. Yeah, we're going to keep on trucking. Uh, <laughs> Emily, I know you've got to get on the road, so I'm going to thank you for uh, talking. Thank you for all you're doing. Of course. And, uh, yeah, and I want to thank all of you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms. Leave a review because that helps us get visibility on this podcast. And also share on your social media feed so more people can learn about Renew Gurus. On behalf of Renew Gurus and Renew Missouri, I'd like to thank you for listening. And I hope you have a pleasant day and even better tomorrow. Bye.